Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you live-ish. No, not even live, not even close, but with my dear, dear friends, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. Big, big sports weekend. Baseball winding down. Dodgers up 3-2 on the Rays. Um, Steelers, Dave, big, big win against the Titans. Thought they might blow it for a minute. And Charlotte, my team, your team, done. Absolutely done. Cowboys. And you start us Patriots. off, Charlotte. Yeah, you you two commiserate for a moment, please. It yeah, sucks, could... okay? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I'll say. It sucks. I hate being bad at football. I hate, oh, I'm like, it, mm, it, it's painful. It sucks. I feel like, Sal, we, like, the rest of the country is looking at people like us and being like, oh, you know, like the schadenfreude, like this is what people mm-hmm. have been waiting for. The Cowboys and the Patriots just suck at the same time. And now yeah. we're here and it, and I hate it and I hate it. I and know. I just hope you're all happy. Yes, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I was talking about how I don't think you Patriot fans have suffered a loss like you did yesterday where you just pushed around the line of scrimmage. The Cowboys have had that uh, a few times over the years and certainly a few this year. Um, but yeah, you guys, it was just one of those games where both of our teams, Cowboys and Patriots, like, oh, we have to put up with two and a half more hours of this, just getting shoved around and disgusting quarterback play. <laughs> and then there's Dave Steelers who light up the Titans, almost let him back in that game. I think you're the best team, Dave. I really do. I think I you're don't. most balanced. Thank I do. You. I think you're most balanced. Big, big Ben three agree. picks, three interceptions. And you're still in that game. You know, you got a guy like Chase Claypool had four touchdowns a couple of weeks ago. Doesn't even factor into the game. You got your uh, Devin Bush. What's that going to do? Doesn't even factor in. They took care of the Titans. Big, big road win. Congratulations. You're number one. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. But let's uh, let's not make the mistake here in October of getting uh, of prematurely climaxing as. Uh, oh, I mean, this is a family best. podcast. I Jesus. mean, it's football's best team. You dirtbags. I'm talking okay. about. But listen, what what uh, is it symbolic? Are we supposed to take some message from the sports gods that the the alleged America's team that in 1976 decided to, to take it upon themselves to take their normal helmet and make it red, white, and blue striped Roger Staubach and company and the team that calls itself Patriots are these two awful teams right now. I don't know what it's supposed to mean, but you say, are we live right now? I don't know, Sal. You say, is the recording live? <laughs> I feel alive. That's what's important. Oh. I'm not just I'm not just surviving right now. I'm living. And I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers at, uh, at Undefeated here in Ravens Week. Big one coming up in the AFC North in pro football's best 21st century rivalry, bar none, no question about it. And how about, I don't want to, you know, just jump through and talk pro football. How about college football? The Indiana Hoosiers vanquished. The loathsome yeah. Penn State Nittany <laughs> Lions on a miracle play. Not a, I mean, not since uh, David touched fingers with uh, with God uh, atop oh. the Sistine Chapel was there such a significant touch of uh, of a finger or a pigskin to I don't know what those pylons are made out of. Whatever, I don't know. I'm over the moon. Everything's Did coming they up. They have damage replay yet. replay back there because you've nicely uh, captured the one image that everyone's looking at. Indiana, and he's clearly short of the goal line. No, he's not. His elbow's down. The ball is down. It's short of the white line, and they gave him a touchdown because they ruled it a touchdown on the field. That was a nutty game. Ly- uh, Nittany Lions not scoring. Falcons uh, sc- scoring when they weren't supposed to score. I should say. We're gonna get that into that uh, in a minute. Anything else? Oh, Charlotte, our uh, our uh, extra points for extra pay parlay went down in a blaze because of me. It has nothing to do with you, Charlotte. It has nothing to do with you, Dave. Dave, you had the Packers. I think they won 35-20. wasn't even that close. The Texans scored late. Charlotte, you have the Bears tonight. Uh, that would have been nice to watch, but it doesn't really matter because the Saints really went through the motions. What they win that game? 27-24. One of those games where I knew they just didn't give a crap about covering the six and a half points. They just wanted a win. I tell everyone bet money line parlays because these teams don't care about covering. And then I'm like, all right, Saints minus six and a half. And I think they were up 14 nothing. And what do they do? They were just happy to win by three. I think that team's in trouble if they're really thinking of shipping Michael Thomas off midweek. 
as uh, the reports are saying, because Drew Brees takes him forever to get downfield. But um, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I, I guess I'm saying I'm sorry. Listen, listen, listen. Don't beat no. yourself up, Dave. You're okay. tremendous. Uh, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Don't, no, Dave, you beat yourself up. Dave, beat yourself up. Sal, don't beat yourself up, Sal. You're a tremendous slouch. Um, I just <laughs> feel you. like I thought I was really worried about choosing the Monday game because I thought that you guys, if you guys hit and then it was on pressure. me, the pressure was going to be immense. But what the the flip side of that is that if one of you screws up, I just I get to waltz away like I never even it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's so and that's nice. what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you and your lilt, you're you know, waltzing I'm like, away. <laughs> I'm like the uh, I'm like the NFC East, where I just have to be like <laughs> slightly better than the than the worst. Don't say that about yourself. Don't ever say that about yourself. Well, when it comes to betting, maybe as a maybe, friend, <laughs> maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should just say now. Well, we'll figure it out. But maybe our parlay should honor the bum NFC East, and we all three pick a leg of that. Would kind of be amazing. Actually. Maybe we should. Maybe we should just focus our energy in in, in that uh, direction. I will say though, Sal, not to toot my own horn, but uh, horn, but uh, collectively, my <laughs> horn. horn alone. Let me. T- I want. I'm going to toot my horn. <laughs> and uh, and Jeff Schwartz is hort too. While I'm at it, um, because we correctly gave you the Pittsburgh Steelers plus one yes. and a half, and I also said do yourself a little favor and throw the over on that one. They uh, they um, edged past the total there. That was a winner all the way around. So hope you cashed in on that one with the minus three game. Good job by you. Yeah, minus three podcast, Dave and uh, Jeff Schwartz. They do it. That was the. That was not necessarily a fade, Jeff Schwartz, right? That was no. just a, we like this game and we're going to boost this. And FanDuel's like, all right, all right, leave us alone. We'll give you your half point. We Stop felt very about good about that. And man, I, I power rankings ain't for me when it comes to pro football. It's not college football where you need outsiders voting on these things. I don't know yeah. if I put Pittsburgh atop the the whole NFL. The Chiefs are in the AFC still, everybody. But um, mm-hmm. I get it and we'll see what happens. But um, on the NFC side, I think... The Seahawks, as exciting as they are. We're not evaluating who might win the MVP or who's the most electric uh, three-and-a-half-hour watch out there. The Buccaneers are emerging as the best team, clearly, I feel like, right? Well, let me just say this. I'm sorry. I, uh, on Fox Bet Live, I won the week. Miraculously, I finally won the week. So I get a free futures bet. That means I could take anyone to win the Super Bowl, NBA MVP, anything from now until June, <laughs> looking ahead, but uh, I guess June. But... uh all right, so the Chiefs are taken, the Ravens are taken, the Packers are taken. <clears throat> I have a choice. I have lots of choices, but I narrowed it down to the Steelers and Bucks. Now, both are plus 450 to win the conference. Both are plus 850 to win the Super Bowl. I think I'm going Bucks, Dave. I think I, think I am. I don't think you're wrong to do that. Now, the injection of Antonio Brown obviously yeah. could get sideways. There's, We, we know this. I mean, for real, you always hear about that stuff about no one outside the locker room believes in us. And I always like to laugh about that. And we're not worried about our individual statistics. It's about team right now. And you think like, what kind of pap is this from the outside? But if you talk Mm -hmm. to players, it really is about that seasonal buy-in. It doesn't happen every year, even in the same organization. Some seasons, some eras go by with guys playing for their contracts and for, um, you know, for, for the value that they get out of scoring a certain amount of touchdowns. It is the coach's job to get the team to buy in on that. Some teams you feel like, I don't care if I get any targets on a given weekend. I, I don't know if that's going to apply with the, with these Buccaneers. Yeah, Mike well, Evans is already not getting any targets. Yeah, and Antonio Brown hasn't even shown up yet. So I, Setting him up nicely. Are they cool yeah. with all that? Are all those guys definitely, are Godwin and Gronk and everybody just like, whatever, as long as we get the W. I don't know. We won't see until 84, I guess, is injected into the mix. I got to tell you, Charlotte, I'm doing this for reasons similar to you. It's mostly an emotional hedge, I think, because I know I'm not going to get my way where Tampa is going to fail and Bill Belichick is going to fail. It looks like the latter is taking care of itself with uh, your team. Uh, Endless statistics about the Patriots have not done this, what they're doing since you weren't born. Everybody was about it. Yeah, all all, all kinds of years. That's what it it was. I can't. When you bench Cam Newton, for Jared yeah. Stidham. And I'm like, yeah, that was the right move. We're in trouble. 
You know, like it is so bad. He throws three interceptions against the 49ers. Meanwhile, I mean, the statistics, it's pretty depressing when you go through them. Um, I wrote a few down here. Let me find where I put them. Okay, so Brady has 18 touchdown passes and four interceptions this season. The Pats have three touchdown passes and 11 interceptions. Um, You know, I. Excuse me, words fail me because this is not what I was expecting. I was expecting that it would be more even or that Belichick would clearly have been the brains behind the operation. And he is. He's missing so many of his players. I think it's become clear. One of my biggest takeaways that I that I don't think is like an insane Pat fan thing to say is that I don't think Tom Brady had the weapons last year. Like, I don't think we have mm-hmm. people on offense who can be reliable But that doesn't even matter if your quarterback forgets how to play football. Like, what happened to Cam? He just had a complete come apart. And meanwhile, Brady's out here, you know, throwing four touchdowns, rushing for another. He's 43. It, It... it it makes me very sad. Like this is this sucks. I'm gonna be honest. This sucks. Like New England. Has- and he brought <laughs> he brought all the good guys with him. He, he brought, brought, Gronk he brought with Yeah, him. I have to watch Antonio my best Brown's friends on the hang team out. because it, okay, yeah. Antonio Brown also like people are acting like Antonio Brown is trouble. I just want to put that out there. And you think so? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> no one talks about this, but Antonio Brown is trouble. And no. I mean, who knows what happens? I, I think it'll be interesting to see, Dave, if that mentality holds true. If it is like a, a team first thing, I think Brady is very good at rallying guys to a team first situation. Like when I talked to his social media guys um, a few months ago to write the stupid thing about the TB Times about Tom Brady's fake newspaper, they were like, he was always very clear that we needed to celebrate all the members of the team and that he didn't want to be the star of even these silly illustrations, which I think does translate to a locker room, especially if it means that these guys are have a shot of getting a ring. I Dave, think you posted you posted FanDuel odds for MVP. I think you did that this morning, right? And I, I posted, and posted them again. I posted them in advance of the weekend saying that Kyler Murray, if you think that the Cardinals might take down the Seahawks. Kyler Murray reasonably might vault close to Russell Wilson. He's still a far cry in the MVP. But I, 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 I think what you posted was, it was, it was. What was the last time you posted it? That was before the game. Because before seemed, the game, it was. It, they didn't he, change the odds. It seemed I was like, barely. oh my god, Mar- yeah. Even Brady is like 14, 15 to one. And I'm like, oh shit, Fanduel just didn't update him. Russell Wilson just threw three picks. I don't think he's even odds to win the uh, MVP at this point. But yeah, you could get Kyla Murray at 30. You could get, I know I don't like talking about this and we're not I know, really but- halfway through the season, but uh, Brady at 14, 15 to one, Kyla Murray at 30. Kyla Murray's going to have to win the division, I think, to uh, to secure I that. I think so too. But um, Maybe, but you know what though? Look at his numbers are starting to now track oh, in a, that was the reason. And now maybe- the nuance of MVP versus offensive player of the year, but his numbers are starting to track in the direction that I expected they would, uh, uh, a mediocre to bad defense shootouts every week. He runs the ball as well as throws it. He has nice collection of pass catchers. This is going to yield some big numbers for him. And, uh, and, and, and so I think if nothing else this morning, right now, Get on it before they do change it because it is the best value out there. He's behind guys like Josh Allen and Derrick Henry. Those guys aren't going to win the MVP. Yeah. They, have, they have no chance at winning it. I will say, um, in defense of Belichick, which I don't want to, which I don't want to do, and and more, I hate uh, that. More importantly, I hate that more important. Yeah. Well, it's I, maybe it's not in defense <laughs> of Belichick, but it, rather in defense of Cam. I guess I should say mm-hmm. it's not just that Tom took a lot of good guys uh, along with him down to Tampa. It's also that eight guys from that defense, and it's the point uh, to pat myself on the back. <clears throat> it didn't take a genius to figure this one out, thankfully, because uh, dumb Dave was able to figure this out. At some point, you cannot just lose everybody and just put yeah. anybody under that helmet with flying Elvis on it and expect results. Yes, Bel- Be- Bill Belichick is a wizard, but <clears throat> even he apparently has his limits. And I also think it's not like, I'll let him off the hook. Everybody's sitting down, all those great defensive players as well as Brady leaving. I also think to, you know, extrapolate a little bit, maybe it's just that people don't want to play for Bill Belichick anymore. Maybe things are starting to come apart a little bit. Jimmy G did not have to kind of insinuate some shots on his way out of Foxborough on Sunday night, and yet he took him. 
about how satisfying the win was and everything else. Yeah. Belichick, you know, he got traded away. And Belichick kind of wanted to keep him, depending on who you believe. And Brady didn't want him there. And so that mix of things, that it all amounts to, why did Hightower and company sit this season out? They could have stayed. Maybe they just saw... Uh, Brady's gone. We have no chance anymore. He is the the linchpin Maybe. to our success. I mean, it's Hightower just had a kid, though, right? Like, I do think that there's some real life stuff that does seep in where they're like, I mm-hmm. don't want to put my family at risk in a season that's already kind of shot, if you think about right. it. But I, I do wonder if the Patriot way, you know, it, it was totally possible and great when you were invincible. Um, and it's a little less fun when the football isn't even fun. So I, I wonder, I, I feel like there, there could be something to that. I also think though, if you get Belichick, if he can pull a roster together for next year, an angry, something to prove Belichick is, is a little terrifying. So, well, that's what I was thinking. And I was thinking with all the COVID, uh, opt outs and all the injuries and all the no names. That's why I was saying if he's anywhere around 500 and makes the playoffs that he's kind of, I think he has to be coach of the year. We discussed this, uh, last week. So I'm giving him a, I don't know why I'm doing this cause I'm enjoying this so much, but it, it tempers it a little because Tampa is succeeding at a, uh, uh, it seems like a medio, meteor, meteoric, right? Right. Uh, he's going up. They're only getting better. They're committing fewer penalties. They're playing defense. This is a scary Bucks team. We're going to get into that a little more. We're going to get into that crazy Sunday night game. What the hell? I don't know that anyone deserved to win that game. Are you going to uh, get into the Cowboys and the NFC East, though? Who's going to win that division? But who's going to win that division? Let's jump to the end of that uh, That The awful Eagles novel. are going to win that division. Think so? I think the Eagles will win it. Yeah. I think they will. The Eagles are a seven-point favorite over the Cowboys. And I'm like, uh, no, wait, they're not seven. Are they seven? Yes, they are seven. Seven, seven-and-a-half-point favorite this week. I don't see how the Cowboys are the worst team in the league. You can't tell from a gambler standpoint. I'm trying to separate. You're shaking your head. No, I'm agreeing could, with you. It's hard to they believe. They get blown out any single dot. First of all, we don't even know who their quarterback is right, right now. You got that guy from Pitt, Ben DiNucci, started at Pitt, Dave, then went to James Madison. I know they beat up Stony Brook uh, uh, a couple of years ago. He's in there now. You got this guy, Garrett <laughs> Gilbert, I think. I don't even know. I was looking at who's available. Like when, when I'm having uh, discussions with my buddy about like, uh, is Duck Hodges still? Yeah, Duck, they can get Duck Hodges. <laughs> they can get uh, Deshaun Kaiser. They can get Derek Anderson. I'm like, oh my God. And, that, and then I look <laughs> Derek at- Derek Anderson. It's bleak. I was like, Derek, it's bleak. Is Derek Anderson. What is he? He was Panthers. Brand. Like, I don't even remember like Mark these Sanchez? guys anymore. Can we get, can we get yeah. Sanchez? <laughs> <laughs> get Sanchez on the line. It's really bad. And yet, if you get the right fit with one of these guys, you're right back in the division race. Although I'm not blaming the quarterback anymore for the Cowboys. I'm, I'm, uh, I know Charlotte, you're, you're down on cam. Andy Dalton wasn't lighting the world up, but there are like seven or eight players who don't deserve to be playing football right now. Professional football. Like I, I imagine when everything shakes out, they'll be off the roster seven or eight starters. I think on the Cowboys side, uh, offensive line, defensive line, they're just so weak. And, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be the Cowboys and win a division. Anyone else, I guess, is right in there. I mean, it's also not going to be the Giants, but yeah, it could be the Eagles or well, I mean, losing, getting blown out by Washington, like thoughts and prayers. You know, Pat's we have it bad, but at least we didn't right. lose twenty five to three to Kyle. Oh, Allen. you don't have to me- mention scores. That just makes it worse. Sorry. Yeah. 25. I don't know what the virtue is. I don't know what the virtue (laughs) is in rolling with Kyle Allen. I don't know what's going on with Dwayne Haskins. I know the, the, the effect of new regime comes in. Dwayne Haskins isn't our pick. He's not our problem to make work, but still he's the much higher ceiling guy. I don't know why they don't roll with him, but I do think Washington has a chance, uh, to, to steal that uh, crummy division. Sure. And in the meantime, (laughs) uh, uh, I really do think at some point, that Jerry and company are going to start considering like, you know, do we want to win games at this point? I mean, is it worth it to go seven and nine at best and steal that division somehow and then tag Dak again? Or do you just do a complete blow up and, and really start to look at, you know, one of the three first round grade QBs and everything else. It's not Dak's Mm. fault that this is going on. But just the so formula ain't working. Now. This is good. This is yeah. complete wreck. If you're a billionaire and you have so many dollars, owning <laughs> a football team seems like a really crummy way to spend it. 
because sure, it's sort of fun and sexy and you get to be in the owner's box and blah, blah, blah. But then when your team sucks, like you kind of have to deal with it. If I have that much money, I'm trying to outsource as much responsibility as I can, oh, yeah. you know? So it's just, a, it's an interesting life choice. Yeah, and they should have, in, in many cases, they do outsource it in, in the name of a GM, a general manager. Who but at a certain players. point. Jerry Jones doesn't do that. So Exactly. It's, uh, and it, he's, in the, he's in the media. He has to do an interview every Monday. It's crazy how he puts himself out there. Right. I say start with this. Dave, you say blow up the whole team. Let's take it week by week. Get them off primetime this week. I don't want to see them. I don't want to see Cowboys Eagles. <laughs> Beg off a of primetime. Do some like Wait, when the is traveling that secretary. It's Sunday night. <laughs> Say the traveling secretary got COVID or something. Get them off. Get Baltimore Pittsburgh in that Sunday night slot. It's so we'll true. I know. I mean, obviously in the real world where, you know, uh, networks have the ability to protect games so that another network can't take them and elevate them to primetime and all that. But in a better world, you know, maybe election stuff is on my brain right now, but wouldn't it be nice if America could vote every week on what Sunday night football is? Everybody yeah. obviously would vote for Steelers Ravens this week. Sure. Um, and we'd be we'd be better. Instead, we have to watch these two crumb bum teams. I do find it compelling in the car wreck uh, level of things. But I do say, Charlotte, I think if I did own a professional team like Jerry Jones or Mark Cuban, I would do it exactly like they do. It. I would be all over everything. Like, nah, I think that guy's good. We should draft him in the first round. Like the GM's like, no, no, no. We've broken down the tape. He's not that good, Mr. Owner. Like, well, then buy your own football team. For now, right. we're drafting the guy. I, I would be I would be all no, over. No, exactly. That would I'm be with me. you, Dave. And that's that's why I think it's a terrible decision because I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to have that much more things to do, but I, I know myself well enough that I would, I wouldn't be able to outsource it. And then I would run a franchise into the ground because I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Dave would never, you, they'd never get the uniform straight by week to week. They'd be oh, we'd get those right. Just friend. a little, that's it. One thing, you know, uh, we'd have them, th them things would be the best in the league. You couldn't even hold on to a fantasy trophy. You think you gonna run a team? <laughs> Speaking of dynasty sound. You need oh, aloe yeah. for that burn? Listen. I know he really should get some aloe. Hey, uh, or maybe he needs a water break sponsored by crown Royal. We're going to talk about our crown Royal water break athlete of the week. Crown Royal believes being a Royal fan this season means staying safe, generously supporting your community and drinking responsibly while rooting on your team. That's how to crown your game day. Even at home, you still get to enjoy your favorite game day cocktails. Just remember to take a water break in between to stay hydrated. Don't be that person that ruins game day for your friends and family. Stay hydrated. Stay royal. All right, Crown Royal Water Break Athlete of the Week. Charlotte, you hit us up. Who's your Athlete of the Week? My Athlete of the Week is DK Metcalf because he oh. turned on the Jets, not the New York Jets, to track down Buda Baker after Russell Wilson was intercepted during the Sunday night game. And DK then scored what would have been the game-winning touchdown if his own team hadn't screwed it up with a penalty. But he just needs to be recognized for his like freakish speed because I was like watching someone in a video game turn on turbo speed. It's like when you get the little mushroom or whatever it is yeah. in Mario Kart. I'm not good at video games. But it was real life. And it was DK Metcalf and his glorious pink hair. And um, I, I just think he really he needs to be celebrated because that was the most insane display of athleticism I've seen all year. That was ridiculous, him tracking down Buda Baker. And the fact that they lost that game, I mean, that should have been the game that we remembered. Remember Seattle, they won a crazy, all the games are nuts. It's a, that, that, that's, that's just how it is. But Arizona, they won. No, no, they didn't win that game. What? The one with the play of the year when Metcalf chased him down? No, they ended up losing that game. Oh, and how he's could on that offense. Be? He's not even a defensive player. Right. And he was just like on it and then... There we is go. he dead? Is he out of oxygen? He seems like, and he's an insane physical specimen too, right? Have you seen the pictures with his shirt off? It's like off? when it's Pete Carroll took his shirt off to get DK to come to the Seahawks. <laughs> That's what he did? Yeah, I he took his shirt Sean off. Sean McVay. Yeah. Oh, right, he did. Yeah. Is that a, a lot of is that coaches a, taking their shirts off? Am I, am I just- Thank God I, my coach doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like maybe this this makes me pathetic, but I wonder if you guys feel the same this same feeling in your gut. When DK Metcalf is running into the end zone in overtime, running down the sideline, I mean, he's he's not even the same species as me. Is he? You know, he is superhuman to to my uh, pathetic uh, version of the same species. As he's running down the sideline and in, and he's jumping into the stands with nobody there and celebrating, and you know, there's a flag on the field. Yes, isn't it kind of satisfying? Isn't it kind of no, like? No, I hate it. 
I like I it. <laughs> I feel so bad. I'm like, no, buddy, wait, turn around. I like it too. That's like that's what of course you guys that's what, do. Of course you guys do. That's what brings him back down to earth, back to my level. Yeah, right. I right. can't. Exactly. That was well, some play. Zeke, the same thing when Zeke is uh, stirring the soup and there's a the three flags behind him. It's the same same right. kind of thing for me. Uh, hey, my crown royal water break athlete of the week, Colin Riccatelli. You know who this guy is? No, you don't. I, well, I saw it. You're yes. going to know now. You're going to see. He is the kicker for Rice University. He Now, he had a kick. This is a game that nobody would have cared about nationally, but he had a kick in regulation to win it. And it did not exactly go through. Jim, pull this up. Do you have this uh, handy, this kick? This is unbelievable what happened here. Boom, boom, boom. Did you see that, Charlotte? Oh, my God. Do it again, Jim. It hit the right, upright. It hit the crossbar. <gasps> it hit the left, upright, the crossbar. Oh, my God. And bounces into the end zone. We talk about this. This is crazy. And then he had a kick blocked in overtime. And uh, so they lost. Mid-Tennessee State wins in overtime because of that. And we discuss over and over, how much should that be worth? How much should a kick like that be worth? What's the answer, Charlotte? How many points? Oh, I think that's like at least 15 points. 15? Dave, yeah. what do you think? How many points? I, I think a point for every stoink. I think, that's mm -hmm. what, I, I think that should become the standard law. And again, you know, it's like the repeatability of it. Could you, hey, go out there. You have 10,000 tries to repeat that. There's not a kicker mm -hmm. on the face of the earth that could make that happen again. Cody Parkey they... might. He well, might have I, a shot but... at it, but it's remarkable stuff. I, I hail this choice, Sal. This is a great I one. appreciate both of your uh, input, but the answer is zero. The kick is worth zero. It did oh, not go in. Yes, it's not worth anything. Yes, <laughs> That's it hit how one football upright. works? Yeah, well, Jim showed us. It didn't actually go through. <laughs> True. And then bounced into the end zone. There you go, yeah. Colin Riccatelli. You are my car uh, Colin Ricochet. Ah. Yeah, oh. Colin Riccatelli. Ah. You are my Crown Royal Water Break Athlete of the Week. God bless you. All right, Dave. You're looking forward to tonight's yeah, game. Yeah, I know. And I look and back, I, I, you're gonna look forward. You know me. I'm not live life in the rearview mirror guy, except that right. I am. But still, I you know from Michael Penix's great deed to DK Metcalf on one end of the spectrum to the rice kicker to the way game five of the World Series ended. I mean, talk about, it is crazy. Sports are great because of the way you can see things. I've watched an, in, an absurd, a pathetic amount of sports in my lifetime. When I die, it's going to be like, you know, that if somebody checks in with me at the Golden Gates, they're going to be like, about 94% of your waking hours were devoted to watching other people do stuff. Um, right. Nevertheless... <laughs> It's remarkable that I can still see something I've never seen before, like the way a World Series, no baseball game, let alone a World Series game, end the way it did. All right. However, let's look forward here. Just really to trying tonight. to figure out how this has to do with Bears running back. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. I couldn't help we'll get it. There. I, I had to Dave's get Dave's like doing spoken word poetry and let sounds me, like, okay, but the football. Let me work. Let me look onto the, onto the, under the near horizon. I already said that the NFC feels to me like it's owned by Tom Brady and the Buccaneers right now. However, the Rams and Bears are right there. And in fact, we saw the Bears vanquish this team with that mighty pass rush. The Rams, a lot of people before last week were really feeling this team and saying, maybe this is the best team in the NFC. I don't think either one really counts for that. But if there is someone to rise up to really pose a challenge to the Buccaneers, I think it, I don't want to put too much import on, on this game, but I feel like it does come from the winner of this. One will be exposed as a pretender, another one elevates as a as a contender and I think it's owed to Sean McVay who is kind of like cousin Sal in the year of the man show boy a generation oh. ago or um, anyone else who's in the year who's the mastermind the Wizard of Oz controlling uh, um, you know from behind the scenes Sean McVay is in Jared Goff's ear up until the 15 second mark of every play I don't know by hook or by crook who deserves the credit for that but I'm going to give it to Sean McVay. I think he's the real deal. I had my doubts coming into the season. He has eliminated those with uh, a return to really good um, and impressive stuff out of that offense with Aaron Donald. Sean McVay, kind of an athlete because of how ripped he was when he jumped in the pool on hard knocks. He yeah. he gets uh, my vote looking just ever so slightly ahead this week. I think the uh, the Rams proved themselves to be the real deal this week against the Bears.
All right. He's your crown Royal athlete of the week. Too Looking long forward. No, no, I think it's fine. Uh, you know, just to hanging out in the pool as long as he did and, and staying afloat is athletic enough. And Mike, I couldn't do that. I don't know. It's pretty good. Uh, that was a crown Royal water break. Moderate your drinking on game day. Stay hydrated. Stay Royal for more tips on how to crown your game day. Visit at crown Royal on Instagram. All right. Let's I actually, talk about that. I thought about okay. that. I thought about crown Royal water breaks when I woke up on Sunday after not taking enough water breaks. And I was like, I should have uh -oh. taken some more water breaks. You did. Mm -hmm. And did you take uh, how much water do you drink? I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I, was about to, I was about to swear a lot. I drink a ton of water. You do. Is that six glasses? Uh, that's like, wow. I don't know, but I try to always be drinking water. Put you on water. the spot there. I know. I'm sorry. Here's okay. a water bottle. Look, there's some water. All right. Is Dave, this fun you? for everyone to listen to at home? Are you all enjoying? I don't know. Maybe it'd be fun if like Charlotte, gumbo. maybe if Charlotte like did a beer bong kind of thing, a water. That would Thank be, you, Jim. that would be a yeah. big, uh, you know, big <laughs> promo. Uh, let's talk about that Seattle, Arizona game one more time. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte, you talked about that DK Metcalf game. I don't know. It went back and forth. I didn't think either coach Arizona being down 10, they were lollygagging it until like three and a half minutes left. They weren't playing like a team that was down 10. They go for the field goal. And then there's a uh, personal foul call, which keeps that drive alive. They score to cut it to three. And then what drives me crazy is in a way, like Pete Carroll, having lost that Super Bowl the way he did in a way, he's the luckiest coach around in that, Wilson bails him out, except that he didn't use him properly. It was three, what was it? Three carries in a row to hide up the middle on third and two, Dave, you got to do that run pass option or something. If for no other reason, it kills more clock, right? If you're going to give the ball back and kick, but they didn't. And then they punted right away and Arizona comes down and scores. Then an overtime was just insanity. And uh, Russell hustle and bustle gave it away. Arizona's got some defensive players now. They're playing in spite of uh, Chandler Jones being out. They're playing decent when it when it counts. And then they won that game. Did the right team win that game? I it's it, I, I'm super conflicted about what you're specifically referencing and, you know, how it applies to 21st century football in 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 the broadest of terms. First of all, it was very Russell Wilson-esque what Kyler Murray did. They get the ball back there and suddenly had a chance and you could feel it. Boy, they really should have have a real shot at getting into field goal range here and forcing an overtime all of a sudden. And that's mm -hmm. what they did. But in a completely unorthodox way, Kingsbury did something super 21st century by doing something old school, paradoxically, which was, have his QB or maybe it's Kyler at the line of scrimmage identifying, Hey, there's no one in front of me. If I just keep this ball and run it up the middle, um, those kind of plays dumping it 10 yards to Larry Fitzgerald over the middle with, uh, you know, with, yeah. you know, some timeouts and, sp and spiking the ball is a, a conventional coach <clears throat> just would not think to do that. We got to throw, we, well, we got to take 25, 30 yard shots. We need a giant chunk play here. Instead, Cliff Kingsbury is like, you, we have time. We can throw 10 yards over the middle and then spike the ball. Then we can throw up 10 more yards over the middle, spike the ball. Hey, Chase Edmonds, how about this? Let's get a little closer to field goal range. I'm going to hand the ball off in that situation. There is no straightforward conventional coach who would think to do something like that. You know, it was really fascinating. Well, he got bailed out, though. I mean, I don't think we should praise him. I mean, Chase Edmonds is getting chunks of eight yards per carry. Collinsworth and Michael's like, oh, this defense is exhausted. Look at them. I don't know if I could tell when their defense is exhausted. It's always bad. But yeah, um, <clears throat> lining up your kicker on second down, 44. Yard that, field was goal when the, that was that, great. That was great. What What is going on there? Like, I would say kick on fourth down. You, you're leaving Russell Wilson less time. If you miss, you correct. Know? I completely um, agree with you about that. That was screwed up, but forcing <clears throat> yeah. the overtime was fascinating to me. And I think the bottom line that you just kind of referenced there is, and Collinsworth hit on this. That's been my recurring theme with these Seahawks and why Russell Wilson is so great is this defense is not good for Seattle. I mean, you just no. said it, but specifically as you get into November, December and January, the way 21st century defenses thrive is with a pass rush, and the Seahawks have none. So this excitement around 
Russell Wilson and everything else is 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 it's great. It's fun to watch, but I can't imagine the Seahawks getting to a Super Bowl as presently constituted because they don't do what you fundamentally have to do yeah. in this day and age, which is be able to disrupt the QB and they have no ability to do that. Right. I mean, Russell right Wilson's out here having an MVP caliber season and his defense is ranked 26. Like, that's insane. It's insane that the Seahawks were undefeated up right. till now with yeah. that kind of defense. And you see it come through in moments like this where, sure, Russ can throw as many moon balls as he wants, but it it's not going to matter if his team can't protect his leads. And so I think that watching the Seahawks has been like watching, you know, someone walk a tightrope. I've said this before and, and like just barely get to the other side. And this week they didn't. And I think that Kyler Murray... <laughs> I mean, you you know, Sal, you said no one deserved to to win this game. I almost feel like no one deserved to lose it either because yeah. I think that there were a bunch of decisions that both coaches made that were outside of the quarterback's control. And then both of the defenses or, you know, the Cardinals kicker, Zane Gonzalez, which is an incredible name, you know, I love it. he they iced they iced their own kicker. And then yeah. he randomly, <laughs> you know, he miraculously, I suppose, gets another chance to to save himself. Um but it was In just overtime. It yeah. was just the the game was <clears throat> drunk. The game did not take enough water breaks. Hey, keep an eye out for that. That's true. Not enough water breaks. But uh, keep an eye out for this, if you guys will. I don't want to take anything away from Russell Wilson because he bails him out <clears throat> constantly. Um, who? What receivers make the greatest catches? I think it's the Seahawks. Lockett, hmm. uh, Metcalf, Moore. They make the most dynamic catches, most athletic catches week in and week out. If you look for uh toe tipping down the sideline or inside the end zone, I don't know. There won't be a stat on that. I think there should be like coolest di- receipt, coolest. Yeah. Catches. Like de- degree of difficulty. I don't even know. I know it's all subjective, but the Seahawks receivers and it's probably a, uh, you know, uh born of, of being in sync with Russ in practice, but God damn, they're all over the place. They're, they're so good. And did you, but did you see they went to Lockett on the bench with his little oxygen mask yeah. as the Seahawks were losing in overtime? And he, it was just like, oh, he's worked <laughs> so hard. He did so much. And then they blow it. it I'm going to throw out that's an interesting list. And by the way, Collinsworth again made, uh, I thought, an interesting remark, which is these guys get better referring to pro football players get better every year it seems and it kind of is true and it and, and the new era maybe kicks off with um uh Odell Beckham you know we hear he has uh you know tore his knee and is out for right. the year Done. um but that one-handed catch kind of heralded a new era of insane catches on some level i guess Des Bryant and uh Calvin Johnson and otherwise were making those catches too but I would go, that's an interesting thought, Sal. I'll go with the other team that they were playing on Sunday Night Football between mm. New Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. That's hard to beat. And by the way, Kirk is making some nice grabs too this year. Um, and then, I'm not even saying best receiving core. No, I'm no. just saying most dynamic. Right, best, I'm talking about from acro- week to week. Yeah, Right, acrobatic Because your team, the Steelers are right there too. Yeah. Well, right. and then also... Um, yeah, yeah, I would uh, I would go... Yeah, you're up there with that and... Um, well, think about it. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna, know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ponder this one because it's an important list to put together. But yes, you could say the Cowboys, you could say Charlotte's Patriots. There's a lot, a lot of different options out there. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, that's funny, Sal. I'm laughing. <laughs> well, uh, one more thing I want to talk about: Falcons, Lions, because this happened twice this week, and the first time is uh, pictured uh, behind Dave right there. Penn State could have taken a knee, could have kicked a field goal, would have won the game. Wouldn't have covered, uh, but it looked like they were going for the cover against Indiana. Indiana comes down, wins. Um, that's that. It happens again Sunday. Todd Gurley does not fall short of the one-yard line, breaks a tackle. His momentum, as he'll tell us later, took him towards the end zone, and he scored. It was a bizarre picture. Talk about still photos. There's Lions, like, holding the touchdown sign up. Like, oh, no, he scored. And Todd Gurley was like, no, 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 I didn't score. The idea being if Gurley stops himself at the one-yard line, they run clock, they kick a field goal. The Lions, Matt Stafford doesn't have a chance to go down the field like he did and score and win the game with two seconds left. Uh, He was mad at himself probably because he's done this before. He's had the wherewithal to stop before the goal line. But isn't this a weird thing? I think I might examine this on Thursday Night Football in the pregame. Asking a football player 
not to score. This is what they get paid for. This is what, if you're taking a knee, that's one thing. But if the play is designed and half the guys are trying to tackle you and half of them are letting you in the end zone, if you pop free from a tackle, isn't your instinct going to be to score? I feel bad a little bit for Todd Gurley here. And of course, Falcons fans in general. Well, it's just like the one time the Falcons are trying not to score, they do. Yeah. And the way, you know, it was too perfect. I was like, who the writer's room is getting a little lazy with the Falcons. Like, they, you know, they get rid of Dan Quinn, who's known for blowing leads, and then they manage to blow another lead and in the most heartbreaking way possible. Um, and it's not I, I agree with you. I don't think it's Gurley's fault, really. I mean, like you're asking him to do something very specific and specialized that goes against every ounce of training he's ever had. So. I don't know, but it it was certainly, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, the minute I saw that the Lions had a 4% win probability, they yeah. flashed that stat on the screen. I was like, oh, Falcons are going to lose. Dave, I got to tell you, when Todd Gurley negotiates a contract and says, I scored 35 touchdowns in two years, forget about my numbers, forget if I'm an impact player or was at the end of my uh, Rams, my stint with the Rams, this kind of thing goes through your head, right? You want to pad your stats a little bit. I get it. There's no doubt he should fall at the one and they should run clock and kick and win the game that way. But uh, is it just, does it, you know, is asking a pilot to not land the plane? Like, yeah, I've done enough. That's, a, that's it. What do you, what do you do? Uh, yeah, I hear you about that part. And it would be a fascinating deep dive. Um, I remember uh, back to Super Bowl 32 when the Broncos were about to upset the Packers that Mike McCarthy, that was an interesting call by him to allow Remember, Do you recall that yeah. they had the ball at the goal line and they basically Olayed Terrell Davis and Terrell Davis will tell you that in the moment, he had no idea why they did that. He said, whether they're letting me walk into the end zone. I remember mm -hmm. thinking in that moment, Ooh, big mistake there. Broncos. You should have um, burned a little clock before punching it in there. Um, Brett Favre might end up winning it. Obviously it worked out for the Broncos. Yeah, fascinating stuff. And full disclosure, I'm a man of great honor. And I was oh. encouraged by the football community on social media to take a look at. There were some good early games on Sunday morning, and people said, you got to go quickly, respond uniform to what's uh, happening, the eyeball atrocity <laughs> down in, in, in Fulton County right now. What What's the opinion on this Falcons-Lions uniform matchup? I took a look at it. I watched one play. And I had to swear off the rest of the game. I, I, I only know about it via the written word and what you have to tell me uh, about it. I couldn't look at the game, it, but it was it was too upsetting. You don't so, like the jail yard grays, right? I don't like those. I really, really, really find the Falcons get ups yesterday vomitous. I mean, those are mm. like what 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 this is a this is an NFL team, one of only 32 on the uh, uh, on the big blue marble and this is what they choose to show us. I don't care for it. If you don't respect yourselves, if you don't respect us enough, don't look to me to respect you Falcons. Either way, yes, <laughs> I'm with you on on your point, Sal. It is very strange uh kind of stuff and it and it summons days of we have to lose to make the playoffs kind of thinking in MLB terms back in the playoffs during strike seasons with the late Dick Williams and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. It always hits a little bit weird, but it's kind of like tanking, I guess, right? It's kind yeah. it's also like asking your entire roster, like maybe don't do so well the rest of the season. Here. So we, yeah. Unusual. Um, let's talk. Uh, what was the last thing I wanted to do football wise? Well, we have, uh, Oh, Dave, I want you to guess this line. Your Steelers, we mentioned it earlier. I've Traveling not looked. to Baltimore, you've not looked. What do you think this spread is? Steelers at Baltimore. You know what I'm going to guess it is? Minus three. I think I guessed with Simmons that it was minus four. It's six and a half. What? What are we missing here? What are we missing? Are we overvaluing Pittsburgh? I thought the six. Ravens were the team that just beat up on junk. I Why think is this six and a half? I am very surprised by that. And, may, I, you know, I, I, I would imagine that um, if, due to 21st century inflation, by the way, recently, I used to always say, I don't know if you want to check the record book on this or not, but for a long time, every time the Steelers and Ravens ever played each other, the final score for like, I think, 30 or 40 straight matchups, the final score was 13 to 10. It only, oh, the only yeah, right. every single one. Now, due to inflation, every final score is now <laughs> 23 to 20. Um, but either way, so yeah, so that's a bold number, and I expect it'll it'll come uh, it'll get a little bit tighter approaching that. The one thing I will say is that the Titans 
I mean, I'm glad the Steelers beat the Titans and it's cute that Mike Vrabel games the game a little bit and all that, but game in the game was also practicing when they weren't supposed to be practicing and starting the the COVID stuff and hell, everybody hates us for this. All oh, the haters hate it and all that kind of stuff, but it actually practically does suck and it does impact the Steelers negatively because they just had a bruising game with Derrick Henry and company. Now yeah, they have maybe. to go and play Baltimore while Baltimore had a feet, its feet up. They were supposed to both have a buy in advance of this game because of the presumed bloodbath that awaits. And now right. you do think that maybe the birdies well, do have a slight advantage as a result of that. That's maybe why that, maybe that's the extra two points or so, one and a half, two yeah. points. I mean, obviously it's not going to be a, a huge fan thing or whatever, but all right, that's Sunday. That should be the Sunday night game, but it's it not. Be. I think it's just at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, though, Monday night, we discussed it a little. Bears at Rams, 644 and a half. Dave thinks uh, Sean McVay's team will prevail. Charlotte, you already have your Bears. Um, actually, that crossed the line, right? You had more than a touchdown, right, for that with our yeah. extra points yeah. for extra it pay parlay. plus seven and a half. I'm sorry, pal. I wish it mattered. I wish it mattered. We well, you know what? Money. It still matters in our hearts. Oh, that's true. All right. It matters no, in our hearts. No, give Sal the business, Charlotte. He brought. He <laughs> let us down. This is your chance. Give it to uh, him. But good. I, I, you know, it's exhausting Don't give me the business. giving people Don't give me the business. business. I don't want the business. I uh, hate business. Let's give FanDuel the business. Not the business, the business. But let's give them some business. Because I promise they didn't put me in charge of the sports book. But these same game parlays right Right up my alley. I'm going to make up for that uh, miserable Saints pick. They won but didn't cover with these same game parlays on FanDuel. Tonight, you could hit one. There's so many different combinations. You play player props, point totals, money lines. Yes, and the best part is FanDuel will refund the first same game parlay you lose on any NFL game each week. Up to $10. That means you bet a different one, risk-free, every NFL week all season long. Free money. Let's take it to the Monday night game. Here's my uh, same game parlay. Tyler Higby to score a touchdown. Not the first touchdown, a touchdown. The Bears plus seven and a half. They had a little adjusted line in there. And the Bears in the first quarter plus a half. Low scoring. Higby eventually hits pay dirt. Bears eventually cover plus 1430. You put your $10 down, you get 100 and 43 back. There you go. Higby to score. Bears plus seven and a half. And the Bears keep it close in the first quarter. Could be 3-3. Could be 0-0. You'll win that. You like my picks? Go ahead and bet them. Ten bucks back. If I don't win, we'll do this all season long. <clears throat> Just sign up with promo code extra points so they know we sent you. And if you already have an account, you're good to go. There you go. Fandle. All right. Major League Baseball was exciting. Uh, I put game four Saturday night up there with game five of NBA finals. Game four World Series, just as exciting as game five NBA finals. Lots of fun. Boy, I took some shit. I just, uh, I, I guess it's because I had the Dodgers. I was a little salty the way that game ended, but I commented about uh, the Rays and the celebration. Like, um, it's 2 2. And they're like, oh, go back in your house, old man. Why can't they celebrate? What's, well, let them celebrate. I'm like, all right, I just. I don't think they should be doing the airplane thing in center field for more than, you know, now we're at three and a half minutes at that guy. Um, you know what that reminded me of? Phillips from Kansas City. What? It reminded me of when you're playing soccer at recess and one kid like takes his shirt and puts his shirt over his head and does the airplane thing for like five minutes where you're like, right. it's we're in fourth grade. You know, but yeah, I mean, I do think that I mean, it was exciting for them and it made for a great montage last night where they played before the game. They played all the raised celebrations. And I was like, this feels rude to Dodgers fans. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm they rooting tied for the, the Dodgers. So. It's great. It was miraculous the way they won. They won the game, I guess, you know, yeah. uh, the, the guy falls. He's dead to rights, 30 feet from the plate. And uh, the Dodgers, the, the catcher doesn't unmask and that, you know, the ball gets away and he scores anyway. Pretty cool if you're a Rays fan, but it's 2-2, and now it's 3-2, Dave. And game six odds, uh, Gonsolin, minus 142 over Snell. The take back is plus 124. They take off tonight. Game six is uh, tomorrow. I don't know. It's uh, it's not done. Dodgers minus 590 to win the series. Rays plus 430. There might be a tiny bit of value in that Rays uh, coming back. I agree with that. I mean, obviously, baseball um, is... Um you know, uniquely 
versus the other sports, dependent on what the guy who goes out to, to start the game on the hump does out there. Now, the way baseball now tracks this world, this uh, this World Series, you know, specifically, you know, the rotation of pitchers that doesn't, it, it's not as traditional. Like whoever you run out there on the bump is going to decide. Like oh, he'll be out in two innings anyway, but still, yeah. it does matter. And so if the if the Rays starting pitcher gets off to a better start, we saw that last night. In fact, it was starting. I, I really did. A uh, hundred millionaire, a guy who's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. Watching Clayton Kershaw early on, I was like, oh, no. I mean, this is getting, mm. I really am starting to pity. I'm really starting to feel sad. Please show up here, Clayton Kershaw, in a big spot. So, um, Well, here's the thing. He's off the hook for now. Yes, he he's is off for, the now. Hook for now. Right. And when I say off the hook, he's in the running for MVP right now. He's got know, the two wins. Funny. Um, but like you said, if it goes to game seven, I know he doesn't want it to go to game seven anyway. Like you just want your team to wrap it up. But if it goes to game seven, they're going to do that thing where Bueller will get two innings and Kershaw get two innings. He's going to have a chance to blow it again. He could obviously, um, you know, he can obviously stand out as the MVP even more, but I hope it doesn't come down to that for him. I really don't. I'm just glad Roberts pulled him last night when he did. He didn't give him a chance to blow it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think for his, especially if this does go to a game seven, you're going to need to keep him mentally sound as you're going to, you know, worry about him physically. So I thought it was smart to, like, let him keep the lead, even if you pulled him earlier than some people might have. I was against it. It worked out because then you're putting Carrot Top, you're putting May and all those guys in, and the Dodgers bullpen isn't as uh, sturdy as the Rays, but... And I wouldn't even say he was doing great, Kershaw, but he was, like, in a little bit of a rhythm. he hadn't blown it yet. I know, I know. I really thought he was going to. It really just seemed like they were were protecting him is what they were doing, but it did work out. I think that's... I think the bottom line is... To, to you know no jive policy let's apply it here it's the great mm-hmm. paradox of of being a sports fan is these superhuman guys we get to kind of pity them and and <laughs> maybe the greatest starting pitcher of the last half century or so and i'm in a position schnook dave to pity him my fellow southpaw um that is a funny, <laughs> that's right but i think the thing to root for is if you're just an objective sports fan is let's see a big spot Late innings, game seven. Let's let's right. have the Rays win tonight. I mean tomorrow night, and then uh and let's see it come down to a big game seven spot for <laughs> for the greatest pitcher of all oh, time. Good Lord. And just see what happens. It's fat it's kind of like Duval in the natural when he's talking to Roy Hobbs. He's like, either way, I win. Either you're the goat or you're the goat. Either way, I'm right. the winner of this. It's kind of a fascinating uh, juxtaposition that we can find ourselves in watching Clayton Kershaw well, out there. So I'm re- that's what I'm rooting for going Gonsolin, and it could happen because Gonsolin, his last outing was one and a third. He gave up a hit and a run. His outing before that against the Braves was two innings. He gave up two earned runs. It's going to be a short hook on this guy. And uh, Snell's a little better. Four and two thirds, gave up two runs last outing. And yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't like when it comes down to this, when it's just patchwork pitching yeah. in the last couple of games, but I guess that's just how it has to be. Uh, let's go to some email. The Extra Points Gang at gmail.com. The Extra Points Gang, gmail.com. Back to back E's in there somewhere, somewhere along the line. Yep, 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 Je- yep, yep. <laughs> Jessica Stamp writes us Hey, gang, love the show and your important debates about ice cream and hairlines, <laughs> but could you explain? Please explain to me, like I'm a five-year-old, why it's so hard to watch NFL games. I live 150 miles from NRG Stadium in Houston and can't watch this Packers-Texans game. It's not on Fox, Dismal Cowboys in Washington. Oh, God, another story. Yahoo Sports, Twitter, the Texans app, Amazon, HBO Max, Peacock, Quibi, Netflix, only $60 FUBU plus $11 Red Zone or Hulu Live. By the time I figure it out, uh, Aaron will have shamed us Houstonians, and he did which is fine by me because he's my fantasy quarterback. Uh, I really want to watch. Basically, I'm asking, how do you watch all these games? And can I borrow your login? Jessica from Austin. <laughs> I don't know how people do this. I really don't like football fans. I feel bad. I can imagine just going through this every week. I hear about the cord cutters and everything. I have to stick with DirecTV just because it's easy. Oh, 704, 706. They got a box with four games. They got a box with eight games. Uh, I'm a different kind of fan, but I need access and quick access to everything. But I feel for Jessica when you can't you can't still watch the local game. What the hell goes on? Jessica prayers up. I'd give you my login, but I don't really have the right ones either. 
<laughs> She's still on football. Also. Yeah, I'm still I'd... trying to figure it all out. I didn't actually watch a single football game this week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she, I watched she, she every watched, game. She watched the rice kicker uh, blow it. I'd like to. I'd like to <laughs> make a controversial remark here that I that may get some pushback from you and uh, I don't know from the football community. Red zone, not my favorite. I because I, no. I'm old school, and yes, there is a certain charm, and nostalgic is what it is for me. But um. I grew up in an age where you got three games on Sunday and there was something charming about my old man would bring out the little 10 inch TV and put it next to the big TV and we would watch simultaneously. You could watch uh, the local team and then in the afternoon game, the late afternoon, it was always the Cowboys with Summerall. And then there yep. would be another game on. And I kind of like that. And I still like the control of the remote control. I don't need someone else working it for me. I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't need uh, t the satellite operator telling me what to look at. I'll bounce around on my own. Thank you very really? much. I, I don't, don't just don't know how you do it. It's I just love Red when, Zone. When, it's when the only were, way I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. When you were 10 years old, you didn't then have to do 14 podcasts the it's, next week uh, detailing all the right. I just I just worked game. the remote endlessly. I, cause it I, is look, chaotic. I will say really? that Red Zone I'm the is pilot. chaotic. Okay. I'm the captain now. I'm the captain. Now. I got it. <laughs> all right, Sully. Uh, Kenneth Doolittle says, hey, guys, love the show. I've listened to every episode and value all three of gambling expertise. Uh, and even when the picks are wrong, the logic on your picks is always sound. Thank you. That's all that really That's counts. More way too nice. I'll Venmo you for saying that later. Oh, he goes. He goes even beyond that. Worse. Charlotte's absolutely correct on the ice cream debacle. Ice cream is some <gasps> sort of crunch. Cookies, cream, moose tracks, cookie dough. Come on. Yeah. Plain vanilla ice cream doesn't do it for me. And you need to add sprinkles or other toppings. If there's not already cookies or something in the ice, Ken from Pennsylvania. Shout out, um, Ken. Thanks for being on the right side of history, my man. Ken, five and a half years old, it looks like. <laughs> he just told us. No, I don't know. No. We're not doing the ever, ice cream debate again. We're but. never going to I'm not going to do the debate. I just want to say want as, a, as, a, yeah. as an overarching uh, remark about it. Yeah, people are like, well, it's my opinion. Yeah, that's why free speech is great. You are entitled to share bad opinions at your will. That I agree. Share them. Go ahead. There. What's his name? Ken. Kenneth Ken. Doolittle. Kenneth is his Doolittle. Name. Ken, you're entitled to your opinion. Just don't ever uh, email us again. That's it. Please I'm, email I'm us you. again. <laughs> Charlotte, you have uh, a recap of the highlights and everything that's going on. Through, uh, I don't know how you do it. You watch Fubo television. You pick it up uh, at gas stations on that little monitor. They show <laughs> games now. I don't know. She's catching it all over the place, and then she's recapping and she's putting it on. Fox Digital, right? Yes, sir. That'll be out. Uh, we'll have one clip today and the full thing tomorrow. Gonna have some written stuff, so check it out. I'm at the Wilder Things. At the Wilder Things. Damashek, you're at Damashek. You got minus three coming up later in the week. Steelers, so Ravens more. week. Let's get it on. And let me just <laughs> say this before anything else, as we as we set the table for a big week in AFC North. Nay, AFC. Nay, pro football, 21st century. The Steelers are now positioned so luxuriously that the toughest game left on the schedule is this one. I mean, at Baltimore after that, they win this game. Then maybe I'll start to join you, Sal and Charlotte, on saying this is the team that should be the hit, the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Let's wait and see yeah. what happens. You're deep. You're deep six as hell. Half, which is what it, six yeah. and a half. What, a lot. What hell? I, I think it, the way you explained it, though, it makes sense. They're both supposed to have buys. They're both supposed to be coming off, you know, breaks, getting ready for this uh Super uh, physical matchup, but uh, it's going to be fun. Should be a Sunday night game. Uh, I got nothing. Yeah. Oh, against all odds will be tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll uh, preview the five or six big game. Big, lots of good games this week. We didn't even get to talk about them coming up. And uh, there's a what's the big Penn State? No, who's is it? Oh, it's Notre Dame. Is Notre Dame Clemson this week? I think Notre Dame Clemson. Well, pe uh, Penn, Penn State, Ohio State this week. Sorry, is that's it. Penn State, Ohio State's this lost week. its luster after the week. mighty Hoosiers took down them Nittany Lions. Take that. that, Joe Pa. He's down at the half yard line. It's right behind you. I no, see it. He you know the rule. The, if the tip of the ball <laughs> hits the goal line, even if it's above the goal line, it did technically cross the goal line, then hit the pylon in the ground. That's yeah. what everybody keeps missing. Yeah, that's what happened. J Joel Solomon says it was a close shave, just like your hair. He said, again, he couldn't go the full hour. Without taking a shot. My God, Joel. <laughs> I don't listen, Damashek's up on cloud nine. I don't even hear you down That's there. That's true. 
They don't even brush their hair there. Uh, listen to <laughs> Waiver Wired with uh, Jen Piacenti and Jerry Ferrara uh, tonight. Uh, listen whenever you want. It's up there. And listen to all the podcasts on the Extra Points Podcast Network. And a reminder, even though you may feel like underdogs, please remember, you're all my favorites. See you Wednesday. Wednesday. 